Welcome to the Bill Walton Show. Well, uh, the election madness continues. We have Dominion voting machines. We have uh, mail-in ballots that are being counted uh, weeks after the election's over. We have incidents of, uh, of uh, ballot stuffing all over. And now we have yet another interesting piece of the story, which is uh, illegals voting, uh, illegal voting by non-citizens. And the story has been reported out by Jim Agresti, who's the founder and CEO of Just Facts, which I, I highly recommend for you all to go to, to listen or read about uh, what's really going on in a highly, with a highly sophisticated analysis, uh, uh, buttressed by all sorts of footnotes and real world uh, uh, analysis. And uh, anyway, Jim is just great. And I've got Jim with me today. And the, 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 the chapter of the story we want to report on now is that USA Today came out with this really incredibly bogus fact-checking story. I put that in quotes, uh, which is just false in the extreme. And the, the kicker is that uh, USA Today is being uh, supported by Facebook. So we've got the usual cast of characters in this story and, and all aspects of the election uh, issues. Jim, welcome. Bill, great to be back with you. Yeah, I, I, I guess this is our third show together, and uh, the way the world is going, we're going to have plenty of opportunities to talk about lots of things. Uh, so first, tell, let's talk about your 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 initial analysis. What uh, what did you learn, and what uh, what do we know? Sure. So we have scientific surveys conducted uh, during previous elections um, that revealed that roughly. 13 to 15% of non-citizens who are not legally allowed to vote in federal elections were in fact registered to vote. Moreover, one particular, actually two particular analyses matched some of this data with voting records and found that approximately double that amount were actually registered to vote because a lot of non-citizens uh, realize that's illegal and are not willing to own up to it. So we have a good array of data in the form of three scientific surveys. And we also have data from those surveys, uh, two surveys, not three, but two, showing that a certain proportion of them do vote. And uh, this is uh, about 16%. It's a rough average. There's some error bars on that, that number, which we integrate in our study. But basically what we did is we took that data from previous elections and we looked at the current election and we applied it to the number of non-citizens living in the battleground states. And what we found based upon those populations and also the way that non-citizens vote, which are approximately 80% for the Democratic presidential candidate, 20% for the Republican, that these votes that are baked into virtually every federal election uh, we're enough to secure a margin of victory for Joe Biden in a bare minimum of two battleground states, which would bring uh, President Trump 11 uh, electoral votes shy of winning the presidency, and, and enough actually to overturn the entire presidential re race at the time we conducted the study, which is about five days after the election. So, so you looked at Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And you just said something. I just want to make sure we've we've got we've run to the ground. You said eighty percent of uh, of non citizens tend to vote uh, Democrat, vote for Biden. What what's the source for that eighty percent? 
Uh, this was a study uh, published in 2014 by the Journal of Electoral Studies. It's a peer-reviewed journal. Uh, the research was uh, written by uh, two university professors as well as a, uh, an undergrad, not an undergrad, a graduate student. And uh, this is based upon their own self-admitted uh, answers to these questions. Who did you vote for in the uh, 2008 election is, I believe, where the original data came from. And 80% uh, said Barack Obama, 20% said John McCain. I'm rounding, and all the figures I'll give you today are rounded figures just to make the conversation flow better. But th that is what that, uh, those figures come from, and they're in alignment with what we see from the respective parties, their platforms, and their candidates. Well, Donald Trump campaigned strongly against limiting and, and preventing illegal immigration. Uh, Joe Biden is one saying, hey, we'll give you amnesty, we'll give you free health care, we'll do all these things for you. So this, these voting uh, figures are not only directly from what they have told uh, pollsters in the past, but also based upon uh, what you see in terms of policy that the different uh, candidates are proposing and promising. How, how tough is it for a non-citizen to vote? Well, it's not that tough at all. The, uh, it makes it a federal felony, by the way, to vote. Um, if you're a non-citizen, it is a federal felony, but it's one of these things that are never enforced or very rarely enforced. So there is not a single state in this country that forces voters to provide evidence of citizenship in order to register to vote. I want you to think about that, not a single state. Now, a couple states have tried, but they were blocked by court rulings uh, and legal uh, lawsuits brought uh, and endorsed by the Obama administration. So there's very little effective control on actually ensuring that the person who registered to vote is in fact a US citizen. Wow, not a single state. Not a single state. And, and by the way, Bill, earlier on, you, you kindly referenced the documentation uh, we put into our work. And if you, you go to our article at justfactsdaily.com, you will find links to highly credible primary sources, directly to lawsuits, directly to court rulings, directly to the Federal Election Commission, uh, Election Assist Assistance Commission. Uh, these are not things I'm, I'm saying without first having thoroughly thoroughly vetted them. So get on the website justfacts.com if you want to look at that where you listen to this. That's got all the... All That's the... justfactsdaily.com. That's our fact check site. So just justfactsdaily.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've got that. Now, you had a couple of people who were highly qualified vet your uh, research. Tell me about their backgrounds. Sure. So uh, just to make sure we were doing things correctly, I reached out to two PhD scholars who specialize in data analytics, and I asked them to critically review the study and provide me feedback on it. And they came back with very positive assessments of the study. One of them actually did find a mathematical error in the way we calculated our mar margins of error, and we fixed that before we published it. So it was a very helpful peer review process. And uh, one of these individuals is a PhD mathematician. He's a scientific and quantitative researcher. His name's Michael Cook. Another one is uh, Dr. Andrew Glenn, and he's a professor emeritus of operations research from uh, West Point, the US Military Academy. And he is an award-winning researcher in the field of computational probability. And he has a PhD in operations research, which uh, 
a lot of people might not know this, but it's an interdisciplinary PhD. It enables people to look at complex situations that involve a, a lot of different variables melding from different academic fields and bring them together in a coherent factual manner, which is exactly what we're doing with the study. So I selected these individuals, first of all, because I had a relationships and rapport with them. I, I knew uh, I could trust them and that uh, they'd be receptive to this. But secondly, because they had the kind of expertise that could prove this right or wrong. Well, I'm smiling because, you know, I had, it seems like we have our scientists and they have their scientists. And, uh, you know, I did a show with Dr. Jay Richards, who's got a PhD and he co-authored it with a couple of Bill Briggs and another fellow who's also got a PhD about the, uh, the long-term cost of the lockdowns. And you and I did a show on that six months ago. Anyway, they, like you, had done rigorous research, uh, done a lot of uh, statistical analysis and figured out that the cost of lockdowns was 50, 60 times greater than the benefits of the lockdowns, which I seem to recollect Jim Agresti told me in March of, uh, or April of this year. Uh, but that, YouTube pulled up. Uh, and then uh, we had a, the other, we had another site, uh, what was the other site that pulled it? Uh, Vimeo pulled it because it, it was not, not, not supporting the narrative. So you're jo joining the fight. Now it turns out that YouTube put the video back up with Jay Richards two days after the election. Hmm. Now, why would they do that? Anyway, let's, let's go on to your story. And then the next chapter is USA Today shows up uh, with a story November 24th. No, I think it was the date. What was the date of that one? Uh, and it was just last week, right, that they fact-checked it and they claimed that the voting non-citizens affected 2020 elections is unverified. Talk about that. Yeah, they even used a stronger word, it's unfounded, which I think is more than unverified. They're saying oh, yeah. there's, there's no real basis to it, uh, which is insane because we, we were extremely transparent and documented every fact of the health. And, and this fact checker came along and basically went about impugning the credentials of the scholars that we had vet our study, and then proceeded to dismiss all of the factual material on our study based on nothing more than the unsubstantiated claims of progressive lawyers. She mm -hmm. went and said, well, these scholars, they're not election experts. Let me tell you what my election experts tell me. And, Bill, you mentioned, you know, we have our scientists and they have theirs. This is not one of those cases. You know, there's a difference between science is not the opinion of sciences, scientists. It's actually the factual evidence to show something is happening or not happening in the material world. And our research is back to the hilt with that kind of evidence. The scholars I brought in were not to provide that evidence, just to make sure that I hadn't mishandled or missed some of that evidence. So what she's doing is basically taking two lawyers from uh, progressive activist groups, voting groups, and they're saying, well, none of this is true, and, and basically taking their word in which they present no facts, and she presents virtually no facts in her article to actually substantiate their, her word. And then she made statements like Agresti argues in place of about a dozen documented credible facts that I present, and she dismisses all that with, Agresti argues, and this other guy says this, 
and this guy you can trust because he's an election expert and because I picked him. So did the USA Today uh, have traction? I don't know. I didn't see it uh, get published uh, very widely. Um, and I did reply to them and I sent an email and I'm waiting back to hear from them. And I did not only reply to the author, but also their corrections desk, because there are, as I pointed out in my response to them, at least 10 outright falsehoods or misleading claims in this fact check that some of them are so straightforward and, and ridiculous that there's no argument over what the truth is here. It's just that the USA Today totally spurned the truth in favor of a narrative. Well, and then what they say, they claim voter turnout from non-citizens affected by the popular vote in battleground states is plausible but unproven. Voting in federal elections is reserved for US citizens and few non-citizens knowingly register to vote. Just Fact Daily's research into how many non-citizens could have voted relies on unverifiable estimates. Well, that's just not true. No, it's not. Uh, of course, there are some assumptions built into what we're doing. We're assuming that the uh, registration rates and the turnouts, uh, voting turnouts of non-citizens have stayed relatively stable over time. And we present data from 2008, 2012, and 2013 to show that it has stayed relatively stable over that time, but we're saying, well, it's probably about the same in 2020. We, we make this clear throughout the article. Um, so we're not saying, hey, we have concrete proof of this. We're saying we have strong empirical evidence of this. And there's a difference and we're clear about it. So if you took just this alone, this voting by non-citizens, you believe that if the sort of the middle range of, the, of your estimates about the number of people non-voting and assuming 80% voted for Biden, you believe that Trump would have won the Electoral College? Uh, at the time we published the article, uh, it was only the case on the higher end estimates. In other words, within the error bands, would that be true? So this type of fraud, which I emphasize is only one type of fraud, yeah. would be enough to overturn two states and bring Trump to 259 electoral votes. Now, since then, there's been more votes counted. And now, even on the higher end, it's not enough to give Trump an electoral college victory. It's still enough, whether it's on the low end of our estimates or the high end of, his, of the estimates, to move Arizona and Georgia into Trump's column and give him, thereby giving him 259 electoral votes. So then we have Pennsylvania or wherever else that would decide the election. Uh, has the, has the uh, campaign taken this up in any way? Or is anybody running with this in the White House or the, uh, um, elsewhere? Uh, not to my knowledge, not in any political circles. I've heard from uh, True the Vote, and they're very interested in this and are using it for, for their analyses. Um, but in, insofar as politicians, I, I have not uh, seen any evidence that they are pursuing this which is ironic because Trump had a voter uh, uh, election integrity commission a couple of years back and it shut down in less than a year because the states would not turn over public voting data to them, that they would need to complete an analysis to check into this kind of fraud. So uh, after lawsuits and basically the states putting up a lot of uh, walls in the way of them doing this, they closed the commission. 
Now the president is in a situation where he has legal standing or personal stake in the outcome of the matter. And I would think that a court would be very prone to say, you have to turn over this data. This is not non-public data, it's public data that they just refuse to give to them in a format that can be uh, used to do uh, a real thorough analysis. Did you get a retraction from uh, USA Today? I am waiting. And by the way, Bill, you mentioned uh, Facebook, how Facebook is funding this effort. Facebook then turned around and used this USA Today fact check to remove, excuse me, not remove, to uh, limit the distribution of our article, our research on this. I want, again, I want you to think about, you have a PhD vetted study that is documented to the hilt. You have a USA Today fact checker come in with money from Facebook and say, these two progressive lawyers say no. That's the, almost the entire extent of their evidence. And based on that, Facebook limits distribution on our post, uh, puts a notice on it saying, hey, this is uh, questionable material. And then uh, also lets us know we're counting this as a page quality violation against your organization, just facts. So yeah. we put out facts. These fact checkers put out essentially partisan propaganda and, and Facebook and Facebook funds it and then uses that to censor our facts. So their phrase is independent fact checkers say this information is missing context and could mislead people. So the key three words in there are independent fact checkers. That was not what we have here. We have progressive lawyers. And by the way, independent fact checkers, I don't know if that's a legal term or a public <laughs> term, you know, for publicity purposes. These people are in no way independent. Facebook helped fund this work. Facebook cherry picks these fact checkers to be the arbiters of truth on their platform. And then they say, well, they're independent. No, they're not. Facebook picked them, and in this case, they're funding them. They're not independent. So USA Today, Facebook, uh, have you done any more work on other types of voter fraud in, in, in this election, or is this, or is this the, main, uh, the, main, uh, the main effort here? Yeah, this is the only thing I've really covered in depth. Okay, well then in the meantime, though, you've been busy. You moved from New Jersey to Texas, which seems to me it really proves how smart you are. <laughs> you, you got out of, got out of New Jersey. I've been enjoying the, the weather, the people, <laughs> uh, everything about it has been wonderful thus far. Well, I think, I think we've, I think we've, we've nailed this. The, this is just another example of, of people distorting really an honest effort to get at what really happened and then um, making claims from people who have a, stake in the outcome. And I, by the way, I've, am I knowing you for several years now, you don't really have a, you don't really do the partisan piece. You just try to weigh in on what you think is real and what isn't real. Yes, um, I'm clear about the fact that I am a conservative. I, I don't play the media game of, well, I'm not gonna tell you who I am. Um, I feel that's a portion of transparency that everybody who's involved in this realm should let people know where they stand so they can, uh, judge for themselves where the information's coming from. And by the way, the sham of nonpartisanship that many of these media outlets try to put on, I mean, it's, it disappears the moment you hear anything out of their mouth or read anything they've published. You, you can see they're clearly partisans. Uh, all their errors always fall in one direction, which is to serve their agenda, or maybe it's too generous to call them errors. 
Maybe they're outright lies. I don't know. I can't read their minds. But uh, I can tell you this, that the, the errors that the, our organization Just Facts makes tend to be right down the middle. We're not perfect, but I'll tell you something. We don't always err to the conservative side. Sometimes we err to the liberal side. And in the rare cases where we make, uh, uh, we have to correct something, it, it's pretty evenly split. Well, I found you an incredible source of, uh, of, of clarity. Uh, just for our listeners and viewers, or listeners in this case, uh, what else do you have on the JustFactsDaily.com that would be pertinent to, uh, to today's issues? So something that we did just before the election related to Hunter Biden's hard drive and Joe Biden's dealings in Ukraine. And this is one of those cases where the media was just so deceptive that if anyone was reading the New York Times or watching your evening news, you would walk away with a perception that was the exact opposite of reality. The data, the facts that came from that hard drive and have been verified by people who were copied on some of this correspondence as authentic. Yes, I received this text um, and this is what it said, um, are highly incriminating and show a pattern of criminal misconduct on the part of Joe Biden. Uh, I would not say the word proof, but again, strong evidence that he used American taxpayer money to his political advantage, to his son's advantage, um, in a very corrupt and illicit manner. Jim, thank you. I'm going to encourage everybody to head over to your uh, website, uh, justfactsdaily.com. And it sounds like we've got a couple more things to follow up on our next show. And uh, I want to thank you again for coming on and uh, we will keep talking. Um, so thank you. Uh, and thanks to you all for listening. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, let us know on Parler, Facebook, and Twitter, and where you can find The Bill Walton Show. For previous episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and of course at thebillwaltonshow.com. Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe at thebillwaltonshow.com or on iTunes. 